Uh, good morning, everybody. Um, we're so glad you decided to worship with us this morning. Like Joel mentioned, my name's Alex Barrett. I'm the, the lead pastor. And uh, we're really excited to, to launch this new series that Joel just uh, mentioned. Uh, it's called The Usual Suspects. And the idea is uh, uncovering things that go on in our life, uh, sometimes that aren't good, uh, foolish strategies, wrong choices, and kind of unpacking uh, why did we do the things that we've done? Um, I don't know this past week if you've ever thought that, just from interactions you've had, maybe at work with your, with your family, but if you stopped and wondered, like, why did I do that or why did I say that? You ever had that just even recently? Like something came out of your mouth and you thought, well, that, was, that surprised me. I didn't know that that was in there or a reaction and maybe it was strong and it kind of sent you down a, a direction and it kind of spiraled and that reaction led to another reaction and, and you just can spiral down. Well, this series is, is unpacking a lot of the why we do what we do. And we're going to be studying uh, foolish tendencies in Scripture, not to pass judgment on ourselves or, or anyone else, but to really uncover how do we kind of get to the root of some things that we do in our life that really prevent us from getting traction. Uh, the good news is God wants us to grow in, in our life. He wants to mature us wherever we are. He meets us where we are, and He grows us as we take next steps, as we obey Him in the next thing. But oftentimes, to experience that growth, we have to work on some things that are going on in our lives, things that sometimes we do without thinking, uh, things that are just second nature to us, patterns that have existed uh, ever since we were kids, and maybe even, even younger than that, that we can look back and say, you know, these are things that I have to, have to work on, I have to deal with. And so we're going to be doing this together uh, as a church family. I want to encourage you to continue to think through people you can invite. Uh, one of the things that I've experienced in my life, and I'm sure you have too, is that people don't want to stay stuck. They really do want to move forward. They, they want to grow. And part of our mission as a church is helping people do that, introducing them to the living God through Jesus Christ and helping them see that they don't have to just keep living the same day over and over and over again, that there's hope for them. There, there's growth for them. And that's what this series is all about. A few years ago, uh, Disney came out, Disney Pixar came out with a movie called Inside Out. I don't know if any of you have seen it, but it's kind of a study of, our emotions. And the idea is following a character, a specific like a little girl, she's moved to a, a new neighborhood, a new school, and uh, trying to uncover like what's that goes on inside of us that causes us to experience things differently. And uh, this movie did a few things well, which showed oftentimes uh, what we see is like an external reaction, but there's a lot of things that, that drive it. And so let's watch this as kind of a, a way to kind of get us with the, the flow of maybe some things that are going on inside. Let, let's watch this clip together. Don't you worry. I'm going to make sure that tomorrow is another great day. I promise. Okay, first day of school, very, very exciting. I was up late last night figuring out a new plan. Here it is, fear. I need a list of all the possible negative outcomes on the first day at a new school. Way ahead of you there. Does anyone know how to spell meteor? Disgust. Make sure Riley stands out today, but also blends in. When I'm through, Riley will look so good, the other kids will look at their own outfits and barf. Joy. Yes, Joy? You'll be in charge of the console, keeping Riley happy all day long. And may I add, I love your dress, it's adorable. Oh, this whole thing? Thank you so much. I love the way it twirls. Train of thought, right on schedule. <laughs> 
unload the daydreams. I ordered extra in case things get slow in class. Might come in handy if this new school is full of boring, useless classes, which it probably will be. Oh, sadness. I have a super important job just for you. Really? Mm-hmm. Follow me. What are you doing? And there. Perfect. This is the circle of sadness. Your job is to make sure that all the sadness stays inside of it. So, you want me to just stand here? Hey, it's not my place to tell you how to do your job. Just make sure that all the sadness stays in the circle. See? You're a pro at this. Isn't this fun? No. Atta girl. All right, everyone, fresh start. We are going to have a good day, which will turn into a good week, which will turn into a good year, which turns into a good life. So, big day, new school, new friends, huh? I know. I'm kind of nervous, but I'm mostly excited. How do I look? You gonna be okay? You want us to walk with you? Mom and dad, with us in public? No, thank you. Yeah, I'm on it. Nope, I'm fine. Bye, mom. Bye, dad. Have a good day at school, monkey. <laughs> Have a great day, sweetheart. Are you sure we want to do this? In we go! Okay, going in! Yes! Now, if you're not a morning person, I apologize. Like that, it's a little, it's a little too much. Um, but, but what it's showing, and, and that's why I wanted to show it, it, it there's some things going on. And, and here are the emotions. Um, I don't know if you caught that. Joy is the main character with the, the blue hair. Uh, she introduced us to fear, to disgust, to anger, and to sadness. And they each play a role in the kind of experience that this little girl is going to have on her first day of school. Now, uh, that is some of what happens within us. Our emotions are real. You experience emotions every day, and they do impact you. But there's something even greater going on than our emotions. The Bible actually calls this our heart. There's things that are going inside our heart, which are actually more than just emotions, more than feelings. In, in our culture today, most of the time when they're saying, follow your heart, it's usually meaning follow your emotions like you see. Follow that joy and maybe keep sadness at a limit so you can experience the life that you're supposed to experience. But there's actually more complex things going on. Our emotions are real, but we also have a will. We have choices. We have a drive. We have goals. And those actually come from our heart. It's much more than an organ in Scripture. It's something that, that guides us. And I want to start with this overarching point this morning because it will be connected to everything we cover in the series, and it's this. What we do and say flows out of our heart. We have good things and bad things in our heart, but what we do and what we say, it flows out of our heart. So knowing our heart, knowing what impacts us at that guidance central, at that thing that determines our will and the choices that we make, it's very important. Because if we fail to understand what's going on inside of our heart, many times we're dealing with like external or surface issues, but there's things going on that are much deeper. And the good news is the Bible actually cuts right through to our heart. It gives us new perspective. It gives us actually new goals. It gives us a new value structure that we can choose to adopt over time. And as that begins to take place in our hearts, we, we can change. We can experience new actions and new thoughts and new emotions that actually dictate a different uh, type of life. Uh, Proverbs 4.23, you may have heard this before. This is a great scripture to memorize. It says, keep your heart with all vigilance for, fro it, for from it sorry, flow the springs of life. The idea of, of keep is, is guard. Guard your heart with all vigilance. That is, stay alert. 
Stay on the line, the front line. You're watching. You're seeing all these things that could infiltrate your heart, which are not good. Why? The springs of life itself, like the well-being of your life, the well-being of my life flows from your heart. So it's very important to guard what goes on inside there. The, the, the picture is, is you need to have 24-hour surveillance on your heart, and I do too. But there's actually more going on. We need to guard things from coming into our heart, but what the Bible tells us is, unfortunately, there are already some harmful intruders that are already in our heart. And so you actually can't guard for those. They're already there. And you may ask, well, how do these things get in there already if you're supposed to guard it? Well, that's what sin did. Sin, the brokenness, rebelling against the living God, determining to do life our own way, put things on our own terms, where we think we understand, where we make sense out of everything based on our own understanding. But because of that, sin entered and actually messed things up in our, in our heart. That is, our guidance, like the cockpit of our life, the heart which, which guides us, now uh, its navigation is off. It's not quite getting us to where we need to go because we've disconnected from our maker, from our creator. And now we kind of create our own route and we decide we know the best way to get to where we want to go. But because our heart is broken and there's things in there that shouldn't be, we get off course. Not about your life, but I can look in a span of maybe three months. And today's October 1st. You have three months for the rest of 2023. Think about that. Three months. And then it's a whole new year. But it's amazing as I look back at the previous three months, how I can see that I can have goals on the beginning of the three and how like it's, I can get way off track in my thinking, in my planning, what I thought would happen and how it hasn't. Have you had that experience as well? You just look and three months is done. Part of what is going on in our hearts is always this battle. And again, it's not just emotions and it's not just things external. There's things that are, that are going on. And that's what I want to talk about for the rest of the sermon. And it's this. We, we have three heart problems, all of us, that are sad. Uh, they are sad, not just the emotion sad that you saw in that movie, but that stands for something. And I want to tie this together. But Jeremiah 17, 9 uh, check this out. This, this is very direct. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? So let's paint that picture. If the culture and music and movies tell you to follow your heart, how does that contrast with what the Bible says? What's wrong with that picture? Well, if your heart is desperately sick and you follow it, are things going to end well for you? This is where you see it's very important to know Scripture, that there's something different going on. There's a different sermon that we're being preached here. The culture preaches one sermon, follow your heart, as long as you feel good, as long as it makes you happy. But the Scriptures say, be very careful, because the heart is desperately sick. It means it's, it's broken. There's things going on there that if you follow, you're going to end up in a bad place. And I think all of us would understand that. We know that there's things in us that it comes out and it surprises us. And it could be frustrating. You could get mad at yourself. You could beat yourself up. Like, man, I, I did that again. I, I did that to my kids. I did that to my spouse. I blew up again at my boss. I treated my coworker like that. Like all of these things, they, they're going on. Why? Because our hearts, all of us, because of sin, we're all tainted by it. We've all chosen to do it. It's sick. And then it says, who can understand it? That, that means there, there's always this, these layers upon layers of why we do what we do. Just when we think we understand ourselves, we can deceive ourselves again. And now we have to re-understand some things and try to get back on track. That's why we need the church. That's why we need God's people to rally around us. It's through God's people and through the help of others that we actually learn more about ourselves. 
It's very difficult to diagnose our own problems by ourselves. We need input. We need people that can look a 360 view of our life and say, you know what? Here's some things that might help. Here's some decisions that you could do because this is real. This is why you have to guard it. There's some things going on in our hearts that we have to know are leading us in a direction that's not helpful. Um, part of this deceit and what that, that sadness, that sad SAD stands for is, is selfishness, arrogance, and damage. In all of us, those three are happening. So if you're ever wondering why you're doing what you're doing, well, oftentimes it's going to be rooted in this first thing, which is, is just selfishness. Would you agree with that statement that, that you are selfish? Yeah. Most of the time, we don't have to kind of go that much in a day to realize like we tend to orient our life and our priorities around us being the center. How do we get off easy and not do things for others? It's, it's just natural to us. That's, that's a part of sin. And selfishness you can find in the scripture, Proverbs 22, uh, 15. You can put that on there. It says, folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline drives it far from him. This is just parenting advice. What's bound up in the heart of a child? Folly. That folly is selfishness. It's actually more than just selfish. It's a stubborn selfishness. Stubborn selfishness to get what we want. And every day we wake up, this selfishness is, is going on. We, 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 have to, we have to battle that. And selfishness says this. It's a stubborn self-centered that says, I want what I want. Put that up, that slide there. I want what I want. There's a lot of eyes in that statement. Most of the time we don't wake up thinking, I want what you want. No, it's I want what, what I want. That, that's, that's selfishness. So that's the first heart problem. There's a selfishness that we have that a lot of times shows up in expectations. You ever been frustrated at people in your life, people you care about? Oftentimes, you're disappointed in people, you're frustrated at people because you had an expectation of something that they would do that they did not. And oftentimes, that's just rooted in my goals, my interests, that you didn't help. And you did your own thing. And that's where a lot of conflict comes from the root of, of this, uh, this selfishness. Uh, that scripture there, that where it says it's bound up, it's, it's to tie, to bind, it's, it's, this, it's conspiring together. So it's something that, that's actually locked in. And so if you're a parent, what the scripture is saying is, this is actually something you can train out of your children. Anytime you see that stubborn self-centeredness, it's a training opportunity. How do you help them see that they're not the center of the universe? How do you help them realize that just because they want something and they say ball and they steal it from somebody doesn't mean that they should get it? So parents, we have a duty to, to see this stubborn selfishness and get to the point where like, that's not cute. You know when your kids are really younger and they do things and it's kind of cute and then you get a little older, you're like, oh, that's no longer cute anymore. In fact, that's devastating to your life. You can't treat people like that. That's a good reflex as a parent. Because you know, if you raise a child who just continues to be selfish and doesn't actually learn how to share or team with others, they're going to have a really rough life. And so that's part of this, this heart issue. It starts at a really young age. This is why I love and appreciate our kids' own workers here at Ridgeview Church. Because through their love and their compassion and through their instruction and through their training, this is part of what we're trying to do is how do we help kids learn how to play with each other? But you have them here for one hour. Can you deal with selfishness in an hour? 
not really, because there's a lot of hours in a day. So this is something that, that's ongoing in, in all of us, but specifically when you're younger, you, you have to learn how to get past this. And that's the goal of, of parents. But there's another thing going on. You could see this in Ecclesiastes 9, uh, 3. You could put that scripture up there for me. It says, also the hearts of the children of man are full of evil and madness is in their hearts while they live. And after that, they go to the dead. Now, Ecclesiastes is not really the, the book you wanna read if you're like wanting a pick me up. It's written by Solomon. It's part of the wisdom literature of scripture. And he's actually writing it from like this midlife crisis perspective. And he had all the resources. He had wisdom. He had all the resources. There's nothing that prevented him from getting anything he wanted. And so he went on this pursuit of how do you find the good life and happiness and good things and pleasure. And he just, he did everything and he pursued it all. And he draws some really stark conclusions, which are helpful. But in his own pursuit and all the resources he had, here's a key conclusion. The children of man and their hearts are full of of evil and madness is in their hearts. This is the second aspect of the sad heart. That madness there is, is arrogance. Arrogance is an issue just like selfishness that's in our hearts. And we don't have to work on this. It's, it's, it's in there. And here, here's the definition of, of arrogance. It's making oneself most important. So notice selfish is I want what I want, but then arrogance is I deserve to get what I want. It's not only do you have this, I'm the center and I want that, but arrogance is a step further. I, I deserve it. Now go back to that scripture, if you could, that, that word madness. It's very interesting. This is written in Hebrew. And that word comes from the Hebrew word halaleth, which is actually where we get the word hallelujah from. Hallelujah is actually this word of, of praising God. That's what we do on a Sunday morning. We want to worship and praise God. But madness in our hearts is connected very closely to that same word. It's how layleth. And that actually means self-praise. And that's what arrogance is. We don't really regard our maker. We want to regard ourselves because we want what we want. We deserve it. And then we get into self-praise where we become our biggest fan or we're justified in our actions because we deserve it. And we don't have to look far in our households, in our workplace, to see people in our culture and all around that think they deserve what they should get. And that actually leads to a lot of problems in you and in me. But that's not the, the last issue. That's not the last problem. So you've got selfishness, you have arrogance. And the last is damaging. And this is a, a step further. And it's actually connected to that, that, same, uh, that same scripture in Ecclesiastes 9.3. This is the word uh, evil. If you could put that up there. Also, the hearts of children of man are full of evil, that evil is specific to the damage that we can tend to just inflict on people. Now, oftentimes, uh, this isn't necessarily like a physical thing, like we want to hurt people, but it is like I'm willing to cross some lines and boundaries to get what I want. Well, why would you do that? Because you think that you deserve it. So if you live thinking that you deserve something, then you're going to really pursue it at all costs at times. Even when you find yourself doing things that are they're not healthy, they're not good, but we, we can get into these patterns again and again. And this, that, that word evil literally means to harm. Have you ever harmed someone in your life? Said something? Done something? All of us can see that. Well, the scripture's saying is actually when you get to the point where you're, you're willing to harm someone, that, that's evil. And this is why we need Jesus. We, we need his help 
to move past the selfishness, past that, that arrogance, and past that damage. And this damaging is, I will hurt you to get what I want. If you could put that up there, I will hurt you to get what I want. I want you to see this, this progression. So I want what I want. That's the selfishness. I deserve what I want. That's the arrogance. And then I don't want to, but I will hurt you to get what I want. Most people that hurt people aren't thinking, I want to hurt you today. So why would they do it? It's because they want it. And they're justified because they think they deserve it. And because they want it so bad and they think they deserve it, they're actually willing to do something that could hurt someone else. This is actually why many of us in this room have experienced pain in relationships. We don't have to look far. You've experienced pain. You've had a loss in relationships, maybe even brokenness, maybe even some things that just seemed like they've never been the same. It's because of these things that flow in our hearts. Now, the good news, and this is what this series is going to uncover, the good news is this is not just the sum of our existence. Wouldn't that be a terrible place? We have selfish hearts. We have arrogant hearts. We have damaging hearts. So go just do your best. Wouldn't that be terrible? No, because of Christ, we have help. Because of forgiveness and grace, the forgiveness of our sin, the payment that was made on our behalf, we can move past this. And that's what this series is about. We don't have to stay here. We can experience a new heart. And that new heart comes when, when we follow Jesus. And so you may just want to identify just yourself. Have you said anything this week that flows from one of these? Have you done anything? Have you thought anything? This is not to indict yourself, but I think all of us can see that there's these little things that are they're going on that we need to, to pay attention to. Now, when this comes and we think, you know, we deserve something and we want something really bad, we can even begin to daydream about how getting what we want. I don't know if you've ever daydreamed about just, man, if I could just say what I want to say or do what I want to do, that'd make me feel good. You know, there's something in your heart where it's like, if you just kind of give full, just give in to your emotions, give in to your, your anger, like that would feel good. You ever thought about that? Well, look, watch this clip. This may prevent you from doing that. Let's watch it together. Excuse me. I know you didn't think anyone would catch you, but you just slammed your door into my car. The least you can do is say you're sorry, lady. You don't have to take that tone. It's not like I'm hurting your resale value. I'm sorry. See? Like that. Now, did any of that just feel a little bit good? 
That's how you know you have a sad heart. <laughs> There's part of it that's like, you know, you kind of like it. My favorite part is when she does that to the door and then she just goes to her shopping list. You know, and then just the smiles. Obviously, this is from Malcolm. This is, this is over the top. This is an illustration of what's going on in the inside and very easily can come out in high-pressure situations without us realizing it. Now here, you know, you can, you can laugh, but we don't have to go far. I mean, you could see these, I mean, these kinds of clips exist and are real. And you think of the, the regret afterwards of like, wow, in that moment, I had no idea that I was going to choose that choice. And that really led to some damaging consequences. Oftentimes, we never think of how I want what I want, I deserve it, and I don't want to hurt you, but I will. We never think of what the outcome of that will be if we give into it. It's always front-end thinking. You notice that? That's what sin is. It's always front-end. It's usually how it will make us feel better, how it will get us what we want. But it's never the consequences of it. And that's why we, we need God's help. We need to be thinking of, if I give into this, this is going to lead to some really damaging consequences. And that's what this series is about. Okay, let's dig in. Let's get a little bit more uh, specific. The, uh, the, these, these roots, the, the sadness, the arrogance, and the damage, actually in all of us, lead to, to some strategies. Now, the good news is, uh, in the scripture, uh, we have uh, some names for what these strategies are. And I, I mentioned this last week. We're going to be studying uh, foolish tendencies uh, in the scriptures. And in uh, English, we have one word. It's like fool or foolishness, um, but that can mean different things. Uh, in the scripture, we're actually commanded to not call each other a fool. It's like to not pass judgment on somebody. And so this series is not about the judgment that we inflict on other people, but, but learning these tendencies and, and these strategies. But if you only have one word, and it's like, well, you shouldn't be a fool, then each of us are thinking, well, does that mean I, I shouldn't say certain things or do certain things? And it, it could be very subjective. And so in the Hebrew scriptures, there's actually nine words for fool. Nine. Think about the difference of like learning some of those, those layers. That's important. But there's five specific uh, words for fools that, that kind of come out in these, these patterns over time, that these patterns that are predictable and consistent with these certain types of fools. And so this series is all about kind of identifying with some of these foolish tendencies. Now, you may have one of these tendencies that you tend to, to choose the most. You may have a mix of some. The idea is, is not to just beat yourself up, but to identify if I tend through my sad heart, to go down this pathway, these are some things that I need to watch out for. And so here's the five types of fools I want to introduce you to. The first is the easy way, the reactive way, the fun way, the glory way, and the predatory way. These are the five major types of fool in scriptures that like show up in behavioral patterns over time. So before just you know much about that, just look at each word. Which one do you think you might be? You don't have to say it, but which one? If you're unsure, ask a family member. Make it really fun. But you, you may, even from those words, you may be able to say, oh, I, I, can, I can relate to that. Now, in this series, we're going to be looking at each one of those as like a personified a person. And here's the, the lineup of these usual suspects. Now, if you look at that description of the easy way, reactive way, fun way, glory way, and predatory way, could you pinpoint which character is which? Any thoughts? 
let me introduce you to their specific characters. First, and we're going to cover this next week, we're going to be introduced to Lazy Larry. And you thought that was him? That's got to be the lazy guy. Lazy Larry. Uh, the week after, we're going to be looking at controlling Connie. The week after is drop the ball Doug. Week after that is spotlight Susie. Look at the selfie there. And then the last week, nefarious Ned. That's the, nothing says predatory way like that guy, right? Now, full disclosure, if your name is one of these names, that is just coincidental, okay? So if you have friends that are named this, make sure you tell them before they come, okay? But these, this is a way of, of us like digging into these characters and learning their tendencies so that, that we can grow. Why? Well, that is the next point. A sad heart creates life-dominating problems. This is why this is so important. A sad heart creates life-dominating problems. If we don't deal with this and we don't go to the root, then we actually will miss the life God has for us. You don't just end up at the good life. You have to deal with some hard things in your heart. I have to deal with some hard things in my heart. Jesus even said this related to our heart, Mark 7. It says, you could put that up on the screen for me. For from within, out of men's hearts, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. Jesus said that. Where does it come? Out of your heart. Very interesting. There's a lot that comes out of that. And this list, a lot of problems. Devastating problems if you don't deal with it. That's why this is so important. We have to deal with what's going on in our heart so we don't end up at these points, which have devastating results. James 4 in the New Testament also says this. Pay attention to cause and effect here. It says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Question, you have to think about it. So what causes fight? Why did our family get in a fight? Why do we get in a fight often? What's going on? Why am I going to fight with my sister, with my parents? Why is this going on with my coworker? Why is there always frustration? You got to ask the question. You got to think about it. Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something, but don't get it. Very interesting. What? I want what I want. What causes quarrels and fights? You want something, but you don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Why would you spend what you get on your pleasures? Because you think you deserve it. See how that's connected to that sad heart. So this is why the Bible is so important. It ties things all together. It gives you, again, this 360 view of what's going on inside of you, inside of me, as we relate uh, to each other. And those desires there that James is talking about, that's that strategy that's driven by folly, by foolishness. We have these desires that are rooted in our sad heart that shows up in patterns. And these patterns, if we don't deal with it, will lead to, again, some, some really hard problems in life. Uh, some of these problems are, are trouble, uh, animosity, uh, frustration. Uh, even this morning, as I was getting ready for this sermon, uh, God convicted me of, of just an interaction with one of my own kids. There was a, a disagreement, and there was some, some arguing, and I just gave a harsh response. And this morning, as I was just thinking and praying and connecting with God, God spoke to me. And oftentimes, it's in my heart. It's like there's things in my heart that God needs to speak to. 
That's why spending time in the word is so important. And in Proverbs 15.1, God brought to my mind, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So in the situation with the family, there were some problems going on connected to James. There were some quarrels, there were some fights. But what I did is I jumped in, and instead of a gentle answer, I went harsh, and it stirred it up more. That's why the scripture is so helpful. Because if you just give in to what you, you just vent your feelings, it's not wise. It causes problems. It's stirring it up. But even if people are doing things that you don't like or you don't want, but you can enter just with this peace and gentleness, it actually can turn down the tension. And that's why we need God's help. Because all of these things are going on and they cause trouble and they cause animosity. They cause pain and regret. But the life that we have in Christ frees us from that. And that leads to my last point. It's this, God wants to change our heart and show us the way of wisdom. So the only way that you can deal with folly and our sad hearts is through wisdom. You can't just focus on folly and learn to grow. You have to focus on folly and choose the opposite. And the opposite of foolishness is wisdom, the wise life. But did you know Just because you decide to follow Christ and you're a Christian, you don't necessarily just get wisdom. It's something that you actually have to work at. You have to grow in. You have to strive for. You actually have to pay a price to get it. If you're unsure of of wisdom, I encourage you, begin reading the book of Proverbs. It'll give you a picture of what wisdom is. And it's a way of life. Flows out in our words and our attitudes and our actions. And it comes from our heart. So just like these sad hearts that, that we have to all deal with, the way we deal with it is choosing God's way over time, his way of operating life, what we say, what we do, how we handle our responsibilities, doing it his way. And as we do it his way, and we grow in that little bit, we grow in wisdom in that area of life. It could be in our speech. It could be in our thought life. It could be in our work, how we handle our responsibilities. This is the life that God wants. In each area, he kind of puts a finger on something we need to grow in. And as we choose his way, that that fruit of wisdom begins to grow. It's not automatic. There's things that you've been doing and I've been doing for decades. And it doesn't, it's not often fixed overnight. Wisdom has to work its way in. We have to kind of uproot those roots of folly and then plant new roots of wisdom. And because of Jesus, those things grow. He causes that growth. And that's the the good news that we have. Check out the scripture in Proverbs 9. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Uh, That phrase is very important. The fear of the Lord is the beginning. It's the breakthrough point. If you want wisdom, you have to fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord does not mean you're afraid of God. Like you're just just nervous around him. No, he, he, he actually wants to be your heavenly father. He wants to guide you and care for you. But to fear him means I will do what he says. So you look at like that Proverbs 22, the parent's goal with, with their children. Like, will I train them? Well, if you fear the Lord, you will train them because he commanded you to do it. So God commanded me to do that. I take him seriously enough. I want to do it. That's the fear of the Lord. I take him seriously. It's not just like a, an idea. No, I, I need to move towards these. I need to do what he says. And then it says, and the knowledge of the Holy One is, is insight. So as you grow in who God is, you gain insight in all areas. It's very interesting in our culture right now, 
Uh, they kind of want the Bible and the church and Christ followers to just be in there. You know that circle that sadness had? That's almost what it is for the church. Like, you know, church, stay in your circle. Like, stay in your lane. Like, you only really have insight maybe about churchy type things. But this isn't what the scriptures say. Actually, knowledge of the Holy One is insight. That means in every area you grow in understanding. It's very important. And then for by me, that's uh, wisdom personified, but for by wisdom, your days will be multiplied. And you actually can extend your life because of wisdom. Doesn't that make sense? So what that means is by foolishness, you can shorten your life. And you see that. You can see that. For by, for by me, your days will be multiplied and years will be added to your life. If you're wise, you're wise for yourself. If you scoff, you alone will bear it. That scoffing is, is mocking. When we give into our foolish tendencies, we go down that path, we can become mockers. Just cynical people that think there's really no hope in this life. All of us can just get towards that, and that's what Christ saves us from. He saves us from that. This last part is speaking of the fruit. Each of us, because of our decisions, because of taking God seriously or not, we're walking down a path. We're not in neutral. We can't just wish our way to a destination. It comes by our, our choices. And so throughout this series, as we deal with the foolish tendency, we're always looking at what's the wisdom counter to that? How do we grow in our knowledge of the Holy One? How do we fear Him and take Him seriously? So I want to ask you, just this is something to just think about. Is there an area in your life that you may have just slipped up a little bit and you're not taking God seriously in? You're doing it in your own way, on your own terms. And if you were to just ask God, God, is there an area where I'm just not fearing you? I'm just kind of doing it my own way because of what I want. Would God give you an answer? It's a helpful question to ask. Well, why would you want to ask that? If you want wisdom in your life, you have to ask that question. That's what it means to fear God. God, I don't want to keep anything for myself that's none of you. I don't want to pursue anything that's not of your will. I want to do things your way. Even if it doesn't make sense to my family, even if it doesn't make sense to me sometimes, I want to do things your way. When you're willing to do that, you're the breakthrough point for wisdom. Wisdom can begin to flow, but you have to go down that, you have to break that wall down. And it begins with taking God seriously. So I encourage you, just begin with that question. Before you thinking maybe of your own foolish tendencies, is there an area of your life where you maybe need to give surrender to God in? And start, start there. Ask him to speak to you. In my own life, he does, oftentimes. He shows me there's an area I'm holding on to that I need to give back to him. And as I do that, it's amazing. That breakthrough happens. My insight grows, my knowledge of him there's this new sense of like he's leading me forward. There's a joy like this. It's real. It, it, it's real life. So I encourage you to, to start there. Uh, in closing, I want to invite the band to, to, come, uh, to come back up. And uh, I've already kind of started with the first next step, but I want to just reiterate this. Um, ask God to show you the connection between frustration and your, your sad heart. So the assumption here is that you might be frustrated in your life. Any of you frustrated? You're just kind of frustrated. Maybe there's just like could be really glaring. It could be maybe under the surface, surface. But, but sometimes the frustration comes from those things in our heart. And so is there a connection? 
Is there some things of you wanting what you're wanting? Thinking you deserve it. And maybe even getting it to that point where you're willing to, to hurt, to harm. And so you just ask God to show you that connection. And then the second is, if you never decide to follow Christ, this is a, the most important step. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And you actually get to the point where you can fear the Lord, where you've decided to surrender your life to him. That surrender means I don't want to keep going my own way. I don't want to keep being selfish and arrogant and damaging. I want a new life. And the way you get that new life is through a new heart. And the way you get the new heart is you have to decide to follow Jesus. You have to surrender your life. You just say, God, I have a, a sinful heart, but I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die for me, to pay the price for that sin. And though my, my sin has broken my heart and I go my own way, I know that through Christ and his forgiveness and through what he did on the cross for my sin, I can have a new heart and a new life. And so I want to surrender this, my heart and my life to you today. So if that's you, if you've never decided to follow Christ, that's the beginning step for you. That's where the power comes to change. That's where a new direction is given. And so let us know if you've never committed your life to Christ and, and you want to, and you could even be baptized next week. It, it's not too late, but let us know on your, your connection card. You'll see it there. Uh, you can scan that, or you can just write on your connection card with a pen, just, I, I want to become a new Christian. I, wanna, I want to follow Jesus. Let us know, and we'd love to follow up with you. And then the last next step is, is attend the rest of the series. I wanted to, to provide some context today for you. You know, what's going on in our hearts, some things that we have to, to deal with, but we're going to get very specific uh, over the next few weeks, and I think it will be a help to you. And so decide to come back and ask God to speak to you. I believe that through this, through understanding and through this knowledge of the Holy One, we can grow together as a church we can just maybe take a little bit of steps from our foolish tendencies to the life that God wants us to have in wisdom in his ways. So come back. We'd love to see you. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for this day, for your word, which reorients us. Uh, we get so confused in our, in our life, and all of us have selfishness that are going on, and there is arrogance. And we do get to the point where we're willing to hurt people. And so we, we just confess that to you. We don't have to hide from that, Lord. Your word has just given us an x-ray just image of that. Like we can see to the depths of, of who we are and we know that we need your help. And so I pray for anyone this morning that's not yet decided to follow you, that they'll surrender their life to you, that they'll, they'll give up control and follow you with their whole heart. And as they decide to do that, you give them a new heart and they're made whole again. And Lord, I just pray for the marriages represented here and our families and the relationships that we have. God, will you begin to show us just foolish tendencies that we have that are causing problems, that are causing the quarrels and the conflicts. God, we just pray for humility. God, in our pride, we, we want to hide. Uh, we want to focus on others instead of ourselves. But Lord, you've actually given us a place where we don't have to give into fear. And even when we are exposed for the sin that we have, you bring healing. And so in humility, God, will, will you show us? Show us things in our heart that don't please you. Pinpoint things in our life that we were missing. Will you show light in the dark areas? God, we ask that you'll do this in the name of Jesus for your glory. Amen.